0: Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanised Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi,
1: I'm Craig Safin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and
0: something to look forward to welcome back to the uh, humanized workforce future podcast and uh, last week we talked about we introduced the concept of putting you on your own mask first which is has got to do with you know looking after yourself before you're able to look after other people in a sense there's a there's a sense that that's true Um, and we're not talking about being self-centered and overly overly focused on yourself but If you're not looking after yourself, you're not really able to look after other people properly. And last time we talked about valuing of growth and seeing that growth is an important thing that we need to be growing ourselves if we're going to be able to encourage other people to grow and follow our lead. And that brings us on to what we're going to look at today, which is the whole concept of modelling and how people will actually learn from us and see what we do and learn from us. And then the, the other ones that we're going to look at coming up, and we may or may not get onto some of these today, are uh, preparation and how we prepare ourselves for uh, looking after ourselves first. And then also the concept of uh, preserving and abandoning. There are things that need to be preserved and things that we need to let go of. So when we think about modeling, um, We're in the space, I guess, of social learning here, that people observe us as leaders and they they learn from us, they see what we do, they listen to what we say, and they become influenced by what we do. Now, we can influence them in positive ways that help them to grow and to change and to develop and become better people, better workers, or the opposite can happen. And, uh, you know, I guess there's examples of that that we've all experienced over time. We don't want to focus on that today. We want to focus on what makes a good model, a good role model. So how does that sound, Craig? Sounds uh, like a very exciting topic, actually. So
1: putting on your own mask uh, first the umbrella, and so that today we're focusing on role modelling. So what do yeah. you think are the key features or the key characteristics of a good role model,
0: Steve? Yeah, well, I guess there's a lot of them that sort of uh, spring to mind, um, you, you know, doing what you actually doing what you want other people to do. Mm-hmm. In other words, not just telling people what to do and then you do something else, something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I guess it's easy to do that, to sort of to, to go the easy road ourselves and to give all the hard things to other people and fob it off to others. Uh, people see through that pretty quickly. And uh, you don't buy any 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 supporters long term doing that generally. Mm. Um, so being authentic, being consistent, I think's another thing that oh, you keep yeah, it going. Yeah. Yep, you're not just sort of in there for five minutes, and as soon as it gets hard, you've packed it in and gone home. And but you're on the sideline encouraging other people to keep going through the hard stuff. That's right. It's a journey, isn't it? And. Uh, and I think also just the genuine care about other people, you know what people might today call EQ or uh, emotional intelligence. yes, um, being able to balance your emotions, your responses um, in ways that are respectful of other people and take other people's interests to heart as well. in the in the emerging uh,
1: workforce that we're having, how the workforce has changed, that sort of characteristic has come through a very strong requirement, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, it has, it has. Uh, uh, people will will, you know, th- there's not as much loyalty these days. And <laughs> people will kind of look for other other work if they if they feel that they're not being treated well. So it's important to do that. And and it's not just important to do it because it's the right thing to do, it's important to do it because it models things to yeah. other people. Yeah. And people say, "Oh well, that's how the that's how the the leader, the manager acts, and therefore, you know, that's good. I mean, we like being treated that way, and it 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 gives people an example of of what to do, and 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 not necessarily to say that they'll always do it, of course. Right. But if you're modeling the wrong stuff, it gives them permission, really, <laughs> to think that that's okay.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, some characteristics would be values and ethics. So how, what values you talk about and really what sort of behaviours you have, whether they're backed up. So I I think in a role model, I'm looking for someone who is walking the talk uh, and isn't just insisting on uh, or talking about a pie in the sky thing or saying something because it sounds good, but actually... Their uh, actions are totally different, and I, unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of that these days. Where people say think they're saying the right things, but when you look at what they actually do, it's not. There's a bit of a gap, actually. So.
0: Mm, mm. I think you've got to be particularly like diligent about about crossing the Ts and dotting the i's, because yeah. people notice if things aren't done, and they'll probably talk. Yeah you know, uh, and maybe talk online um, yeah. in forums that might come, come back to bite you at the end of the day.
1: Right. Yeah, it's... um. What about um, as far as strategy is concerned, does strategy come into that role model? So a couple of things for, in strategy for me are vision and risk-taking, and then we've already talked about optimism uh, uh, previously, but um, it's a very important component. Do you think those sorts of characteristics in... Uh, Role model are important.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, having having a clear vision and setting a clear vision for other people, so that they know where the organisation is headed, hmm. or they know what the next steps are. Yes. I mean, they may not know necessarily, you know, a far vision into the future, but they know they know where it's going now, and uh, and they can see that it makes sense. That, that these steps are logical and they're rational, they make sense, and they make people feel safe because they think, well, you know, we've got challenges, but we're doing something to address them or there are opportunities and we're doing something to, to grasp hold of these things. Mm. And, um, you know, so I think that in, in the midst, you mentioned risk-taking, which is an interesting one because, um, uh, you know, there's a risk of doing nothing. And sometimes the risk of doing nothing is bigger than the risk of doing something. Yeah, well, but, do nothing is
1: always an option, isn't it? Right.
0: Yeah, doing nothing's an option. Um, <laughs> and it might be the default position. Sure. Um, but the world is changing and the stream is moving, mm. and you can't really stay put. Even if you're doing nothing, you're probably getting left behind.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And well, that's and, the reality. It, but still, there's a lot of people who do do nothing or don't think that they need to move as quickly. But I think we're from where I'm sitting, you know, technology and the business community is moving quite quickly. So if you're if you're doing nothing, then you're actually being left behind at a rapid pace rather than just doing something but doing it too slowly. Right. So and I
0: guess that's really what leadership's about. Yeah. You know, it's about doing something. Yes. And and having people follow you, you know, if you if you think you're a leader and every time you look behind yourself there's no one there, well, you're not really a leader at all. <laughs> That's right. now no, you've got a... to take people with you, and you've got to go somewhere.
1: Yeah, otherwise you're just um, a legend in your own mind, aren't you? So yeah. Um, one one thing I, um, I as my career progressed and uh, I I started to have a, a lot more experience, I started to realise that. Um, Role models, like we're talking about, role model leaders, they actually, I think, in general, have um, much more impact than they realise, mm. because there's not a dearth of um, really good role model leaders,
0: mm. and
1: and um, and when you are one, I think the impact you underestimate the impact that uh, your words and your uh, and your actions have? What, what do you think about that?
0: I think that's a really good point. I think it's really, it's hard to know how much of an impact you're having. Yes. Um, sometimes you never really know um, and you might not know for years to come and maybe you might never know how much of an impact, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. There are things that happen underneath the surface You know, we talked about sort of moving and streams and rivers. And, I I mean, some rivers look very peaceful and calm, but underneath they're flowing quite quickly. (laughs) Correct. And, you know, there are things that can be happening in people's lives. Yes. And I I think part of leadership is is about helping, like doing your very best to, 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 to make a positive difference, but helping other people to make a positive difference too. Yes. Like releasing other people, strengthening them, creating frameworks that allow them to shine. Yes. And, you know, it might seem idealistic and maybe that's not the way the world works, but that the, it can work like that if we want it to do. You yes. know, it's a possibility. It's not against the laws of nature that that can happen. Yes. And there are people th- that you know, that I, I, I know about, or at least I, I think from what I've seen of them that have been examples of that. And one of the people that comes to my mind is someone that I admire, uh, a guy called Alan Malali.
1: Oh, okay. What is what, what, why do you admire him?
0: Well, I, I, I'm interested in aviation and I've had a long-term interest in aviation and, uh, I came upon a, a video uh, on YouTube uh, quite a number of years ago now called The Making of a 21st Century Jet. And it was a program, a probably three, three part program or something, about the construction of the um, the Boeing 777 back in the 1990s. And Alan Mullally was the head engineer at Boeing responsible for the development of that aircraft. All right. And so it follows through um, various, the story really, but shows him interacting with people. And and, I mean, it presents him as a leader. And I I was very taken by what I saw in those videos that he he came across as incredibly caring and very genuine and really um, had very high standards, rigid standards, knew exactly what had to be done. And he's an engineer. So he's, you know, interested in detail and perfection and you can't be slap happy with the, in the aircraft industry, but recognize that jets are built by people Mm. and you've got to get the team to work together. You've got to release people to be the best they can be and to create safety and to create a positive work experience. And from, my, from what I could see and, you know, uh, I, I, my understanding of it is that's what he did. And I've kind of followed him through with that. Um, I actually watched a, um, a, huge, a, a video, not a, not a video, a webinar. I attended a webinar last year where he spoke uh, along with Marshall Goldsmith. And um, uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. And it was great. Um, and you know, he became later on. He became the CEO of the Ford Motor Company. Okay. And really turned that around too in the yeah, sort of you know in the 2010 that sort of era.
1: It's unusual, is it, for um, uh, I, I this is going to sound bad because uh, my son's actually an engineer, but it's unusual for an engineer to is it to have that sort of leadership
0: or those senior roles in
1: organisations.
0: Well, uh, you know, Boeing was uh, Boeing. I think has gone down a different track, but it was, you know, based there in Seattle, out of Everett or wherever it was in Seattle, and uh, it was very the engineering part and the and the uh, administrative sections were together. Right. So I think that there was a lot of communication between the administrators and the engineers, and it was probably not so unusual. And then they. Then they sort of separated it out and went to, you know, Carolina, one of the Carolinas or somewhere like that. And, and I think they've had some issues since then. Um, but, yeah, it probably is. But that's, I guess, where I think he was a great leader, that he managed to bridge that gap between the very process-driven work of engineering and sure. the people work of being a leader and yeah. bringing those two together. Um, made a very successful team. And the outcome was a, a jet that sort of has been incredibly popular. Yeah, very, very uh, successful product, hasn't very it? Very su- successful product,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that's a, that's a very interesting example. And, uh, and he sounds like an amazing uh, leader. So one, one person I have um, in mind is a person I work closely with in Tokyo, actually. His name is Nick Johnson. Mm. And Nick um, had his own company, which, and I ended up working in that business with him and helping him uh, sell it. But but the reason why Nick was a good role model leader, Nick's living back in England now, actually, so with his family in a nice new house in the countryside. Mm. Um, But um, the reason why he was a great leader Mm. is that he was very strong on the values for the organisation and he, no matter how bigger contributor you were in the organisation, you had to have the right values and adhere to the company culture. So Mm. he's very big on that and he stuck by it um, strongly as he grew the business. We grew the business quite substantially. Mm. And the other thing he did is he was a sales guy. So so he was always out with customers and he was encouraging his people to always be out with customers. So he didn't just say get out and see the customers, which is what I see a lot of heads of organisations doing. You know, get out and see the customers, but I'll be fine here doing stuff internally. He actually said, "Get out and see the customers," and I'm going to be out with the customers as well. Mm. And he actually competed with the top sales people to be the top salesperson, even though he was running a huge organization. Mm. So, so I thought that that was great. And to be honest, you don't see it very often. Someone who is running quite a complex organization, mm. um, but also uh, taking his core skill set and uh, running with it. So Mm -hmm. still being a contributor, still being uh, competing as if he was uh, the salesperson, but also not forgetting the values and being prepared to reward and recognise or to actually dismiss people uh, if they adhered to the values or they didn't adhere to the values so that the culture of the organisation was preserved. So Mm -hmm. I thought that these were great traits uh, from a leader and Mm -hmm. certainly the, the people who worked for him, Loved him for that and have gone on. A lot of them have gone on to set up organisations or to run organisations with the same values and the same approach uh, to running organisations. So that's why I think that he was um, an excellent role model.
0: Yeah, well, that's an interesting story. And I was thinking, you know, I don't want to talk about the preserve and abandon thing at the moment because we haven't got time today, but there are things that leaders need to preserve and protect. Yes. I mean, they need to protect people. And create safety for people, but they also need to be very protective of the of the shared values that people hold and that have maybe traditionally been part of a company, yep. or that have developed recently. And uh, uh, I think that's a super important thing. Um, and it's a it's a good example of people who are actually walking the talk. Yes, you know, it's easy to kind of be be sort of scared or to be, you know, not wanting to do the hard stuff and just send other people out to do that. Yes. And, I mean, I've had that. I've had people do that with me when I, you know, in various jobs that I've had where they fob off all the hard stuff to other people and then they just sit back in their office, you know, and have a nice time. Yeah. And they think that's what management looks like. But- no, and even
1: people I'm working with now, I, I, my biggest encouragement to them is uh, just because you're the CEO or just because you're the business owner doesn't mean you actually are the best salesperson in the organization because yeah. you understand what we're trying to do. You understand the strategy and you're the most senior person. So people love meeting senior people from an organization mm. and they and they take their word much more seriously than if it's uh, a rank and file salesperson coming out. So. I think uh, yeah, the heads, and even if it's an uncomfortable thing for you, which it, for many people it is, um, especially if they haven't come from sales, then um, I try to encourage them and I help them do that because I think that's great leadership.
0: You know, just sort of, it makes me think of two other people that I that I've known. Um, and speaking personally, a little bit more personally here, but uh, <clears throat> when I was doing my PhD. Um, I had two supervisors, um, uh, Jude Butcher and Maureen Walsh. Oh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful people. And I guess my PhD research was a little, my situation was a little different because normally your your uh, supervisors are people who are kind of got expertise in that area of knowledge. Yeah. But in my case, they they didn't really have expertise in the area of knowledge that I was researching. But they absolutely cared about what I was doing. They were they they really put themselves out to, you know, dedicate time to me. Mm. And they dedicated a lot of time, and they they were very serious and earnest and uh, about that. Mm. What they did, though, they created a framework for me, um, so that, I, I, I learned how to do the research. And I mean, you know, sometimes people think that they, you, we, we, we've done research before, but when you're actually doing it, it's it's not easy. It's hard. It's, uh, there's a lot of things to get right. And there's a lot of ways you can get it wrong. And you need that guidance to say, it's like doing a trade, you know. Um, you, you work with a, a master and they teach you what to do. Right. So they did that um and they also set high standards for me they didn't uh, they didn't accept work that they thought was below what I was able to do
1: yeah
0: and and that that was a wonderful that was the best thing that they could have done for me right so they believed in me they they set the framework for me to work within so i knew what i was doing uh, but within that framework, I had a lot of freedom, mm. and they and they held me accountable to 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 make sure that the work was was done well.
1: Isn't that the that's the characteristic of a real leader? There isn't it? You're not necessarily the subject matter expert, but you understand the process and you can help someone through uh, to success, right? So I think that that's a really uh, good characteristic of a leader, a great characteristic of a leader because their, their, their interest is in your success, but they're not the know-all and the be-all
0: for all the uh, font of knowledge sort of thing. Exactly. They, they contribute what they know and what they're good at. Yeah. But they let you shine. Yeah. And they let you do what you need to do and contribute in the ways that you are able to contribute for the betterment of the whole thing. And uh, I think that, that that was an example of a role model to me that was... Yeah, rather than a kind of a dictator or someone who <laughs> knows it all, yeah. but but a really supportive, encouraging, um, but holding you accountable to it.
1: But that's it's consistent with the feedback we got from our our preliminary interviews, isn't it? That yeah. that increasingly things are complex and and it's impossible really for the leader to to know everything. But in the room, if they've hired the right people. Um, then the answer can be, uh, and the way forward can be found mm. through the collaboration, right? So,
0: and I mean, in that collaboration, you're actually increasing the complexity. Mm. You know, because you're you're expanding it, you're extending it, you're mm. you're you're expanding your range of capability and what can happen. The possibilities, right? Yeah, you know the possibilities. So you're increasing the complexity, but there's but there's a structure to it and there's a safety within it. And there's a a real genuine caring leadership that if you don't have that leadership, I don't think it happens.
1: No, a good leader will be able to steer that through. You said it's going to be more complex in the collaboration. That's true, but a good leader can step back and facilitate that process rather than than having to be the center of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I might, uh, I might sum up for today. It's been interesting. I think it's a great point to end on. So, so um, the last few weeks we've been over the last few episodes we've been talking about um, uh, about putting on your own mask first, and uh, we started uh, in the previous episode by talking about valuing growth and uh, learning and developing uh, the right mindset and uh, habits. Um, today we've covered off the second part of that, uh, which is role modeling, and uh, we've talked about. Uh, different characteristics, being authentic and consistent, having the right values and ethics, having a caring and empathetic um, approach uh, with the, with a right level of EQ, and um, having some sort of uh, consistent and easily communicated capability through strategy, vision, risk-taking, uh, and all encased in uh, authentic optimism. And I think we've talked about some interesting examples uh, today, Alan Mullally and Nick Johnson and uh, your mentors when you were doing your PhD. So I think that that's um, been a good way to illustrate it. So thank you very much, Stu. Mm. Thanks, Greg.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanised Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com.
1: That's craigsaphin.com that's C R A I G S A P H I N dot com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.